You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Friday edition. We've got a football game, a real regular season football game in the books, Buccaneers defeating the Dallas Cowboys, 31-29. It was a fun one. It was a nice way to kick off the season. Now we just got to wait a couple days here until <laughs> Sunday when the rest of the league gets going. Matt and I previewed half of the schedule for this weekend. Yesterday, we're going to finish that up today after we, we review that game one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Dallas Cowboys. The afternoon games, the primetime Sunday and Monday night football games. And make our picks for those games at bd peacock at williamson nfl on twitter tell us what you thought of opening weekend matt uh, i have a confession to make and i'm going to spoil my pick early we can wait on your pick in our peacock and williamson survivor league and by the way it's not too late to join the survivor league you just can't pick the tampa bay buccaneers or the dallas cowboys because that game is in the books but the deadline to get in and make your picks for week one is sunday morning before the game's start or afternoon depending on where you are uh time wise in in your time zone so you can still get in on the peacock and williamson survivor pool and i narrowly escaped matt and uh, i want to talk about a team in the baltimore ravens that's having some bad luck we'll talk more about them in a second and what's going on there but with all the injuries the last injury they were going to be my team and my strategy for this survivor pool was okay i want to I don't want to pick the the top game or two that everyone's picking because if there's a big loss there, then that makes everything better for me. A little contrarian is the way I was going to go. And let's say the Cowboys knock off the Bucks, and half the league is already out of the survivor pool, and that makes it much easier to win, right? So I was going to take the Ravens over the Raiders. And just the mojo kept happening. And that last injury with uh, the, the news that we'll talk about in a bit, with the Ravens, I thought, ah, gosh, I can't do it anymore, so let's just go Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I almost lost that one, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did hold on to win it 31-29, even though they tried to turn the ball over multiple times and lose that football game. Yeah, you were holding on for dear life on that one. I'll tell you my pick when we get to them. Actually, we, we talked about mine yesterday, so I'll throw it out there later. Um, mine's a little contrarian as well. Okay. Let's dig in. We'll talk Ravens injuries as well. I have to. Yes. Um. This game was really interesting, really entertaining. I have a lot of takeaways, and I hope I don't skip anything. So feel free to just keep shooting me questions about such things. But I thought both quarterbacks played really, really well. I thought the the receivers were all as advertised and patting myself on the back, hurting my arm a little bit, patting myself on the back, saying <laughs> you people might regret on Friday not drafting Antonio Brown a little higher in your fantasy league. Mm-hmm. So – I think he might be the one in Tampa with all respect to those other dudes. Anyway. And, so and hold couple, on. On that note, is Mike Evans the three? I don't know. That's what it I seemed mean, like, in, at least in this game. Right. And I have a feeling in both of these teams, too, uh, and I did a radio hit last night, uh, and the game was still going on, and the question was, is this the league now? Are we going to see 58 passing attempts, <laughs> you know, 50 and 58 right, right. passing attempts from teams every single week? And I think these teams are a little unique because of the weapons they have. And, you know, you have Gronk and three legitimate starting caliber wide receivers, so they're all starting and they're all playing a ton of snaps and getting a ton of targets. And the same on the other side with the Dallas Cowboys when you have Cooper and Lamb, and they're clearly the one and two with uh, Michael Gallup now being the third guy, but on the field and often and a a starter. So uh, there's a lot of different ways 
that these teams can utilize the talent on the field. When you have a ton of wide receivers, uh, you know, sub is the new base, and we already knew that. And mm-hmm. I think just game script here just allowed the Cowboys to be just eternally in comeback mode in this game and just kept chucking it. And Dak was okay with that, and his shoulder came through fine, it looked like. Let's start there. Okay. Because I commended I'm, – I'm commending the, the Cowboys for their strategy. They – uh, didn't run Vita Vea Namakong Su. I mean, the interior run was not a part of their game plan, and you know that didn't hurt. That that hurt Elliott's production. So be it. That's just a situational decision, especially with Zach Martin out of lineup. I thought that was very smart. They've been around Dak. They obviously trusted Dak, you know, physically, and he's got great receivers. And then Tampa loses a corner, and that makes that strategy even more you know, very feasible, and they're playing from behind a lot, you know, as you said. That all added up. I'm commending them left and right for it. Um, the Bucks threw 50 passes as opposed to 58 of Dallas, and I only sent one tweet during that whole whole game, and it was one thing that I really thought that Tampa dropped the ball on was I thought Fournette was too big of their uh, – too big a piece of their game plan. A lot of very traditional, boring first-down runs to Fournette – um, for minimal yardage, you know, he made a couple okay runs, but he's just an average player at this point. I, I thought that the, the Tampa offense could have been a lot more pass happy, should have been more pass happy, and especially considering the matchups you had at your disposal. So what Matt Williamson is saying is that 50 pass attempts was not enough, and uh, not that we, one. we should start seeing uh, upwards of 60 pass attempts for the Buccaneers every week. I'm not against especially it. Especially at first downs. Right? Tom Brady's a surgeon, and he had two interceptions. Great. They're not all on him. Uh, there was a little bit of a case of drop season, fumbleitis going on, especially with C.D. Lamb and, and Chris Godwin in that game, even though they both had really nice games overall, too. And so... Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of crazy. 50 attempts, you completed 32 of them, and they could have thrown the ball more. Yeah, and, uh, you know, some overriding themes of this game, too, were a lot of penalties, 8 and 11, 11 for the Bucs, um, five turnovers, four of them were the Bucs, as you mentioned, and they were sloppy. I mean, the Hail Mary at the end of the half, I don't even count. I mean, he's right. chucking it up. You know, that, that's And actually, none of them are on Brady, in my opinion. Um it, but, you know, that was a huge determining factor in this game. I mean, those back-to-back turnovers really got Dallas back in this thing and, and in control to some degree. But Dallas had trouble hitting field goals. Their red zone offense wasn't very crisp. And they possessed the ball for like, you know, 10 minutes longer than Tampa. They're going to kick themselves for not winning this one, you know, without a doubt in my mind. I mean, Brady or the, the Super Bowl champs in opening night in their building – don't give you as many gifts as this very often, and you have to take advantage, and Dallas didn't. Right, yeah. They allowed him to stay in that football game, and they probably should not have been, uh, thanks to all the turnovers. Brady was surgical, I agree. The interceptions aren't on him. Fantastic night for Tom Brady and uh, most of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Dak Prescott, while I said he came through it okay, we'll see how, you know how, how long he has to ice up that shoulder after throwing it 58 times because I don't think that was the ideal game plan for the Cowboys, but they had to go there if they wanted to win this game, and he looked really good. I did think, though, seeing him move around, the knee is not what it was and the arm is not what it was. I, I think there's still some... Uh, some to be gained, which is kind of scary. If he's this good, and I think he's, you know, mm-hmm. 90% of Dak Prescott is still a darn good quarterback. Uh, just a couple of, you know, sideline passes. Maybe some of that zip wasn't there with his arm quite yet. And just moving around, he wasn't quite moving around like he did pre-ACL. And, and that was a nasty injury. But he was back and he passed the test plenty. 
and it's scary if there's more to come with Dak Prescott, and I think there is. Yeah, now he's a nice long week to prepare for week two. Um, I'm with you. There were, I'm sure, like you, we were scrutinizing him more than if we, you know, just yeah. been a normal opening day. And he missed a couple throws. He played very, very well overall. But I do think I don't hesitant might not be the right word, but reluctant to run. You know, I mean, he, he didn't tuck in his run as much as he had in previous years. And that might be, you know, you know, Jerry Jones telling him, we've seen enough of that. We don't need right. to do a whole lot more of that. You know, I mean, we just gave Dax him Dax 2.0. Money. Yeah, exactly. So I thought it was a really entertaining game. You know, a lot of the stars came out to play. Amari, uh, Lamb, yeah, he had a, a bad, you know, play or two. But, yeah, he had a couple uh, of drops AD there. And, and look, yeah. a lot was made of Jerry Judy's drops as the rookie first-round wide receivers last year. CeeDee Lamb had a ton of drops last year. He's got to clean that up. But he's so good, too. That he still had a really good game, and he overcame it. And he didn't quite get down on himself, which is nice to see. But to your point on Antonio Brown, maybe a little bit less so with Amari Cooper, but were people sleeping a little bit too much on Amari Cooper with how good he is yeah. and, and letting him fall a little bit too far in, in fantasy leagues? Yeah, I mean, and I'm to blame, too. I... I, I I often look at him as an inconsistent player, and that's probably early career Cooper. And you mentioned drops. I remember early in his career, he like led the league in yeah. drops you know, by leaps and bounds. That's not who he is anymore. He's a great route runner. I mean, you forget this guy's a top five pick in the draft and should be. I mean, he's that type of talent. Um, and I think some of it is just, oh, look at the shiny new thing in C.D. Lamb. And that's not fair to Cooper. Let's talk about the defenses really quick before we move on and make our picks for the rest of week one. And Zeke Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, nobody getting much going in the ground game there, and, and both teams kind of abandoned it for the most part anyway. They didn't stick with it too much. I think uh, Matt Williamson would agree that that was the right path for each team to, to win the game and continue to not feature the ground game much. But a lot of it for especially that Tampa Bay defense, and, and I think maybe you could be down uh, slightly on the Bucks defense and expected a little more from them in week one, even though with the turnovers there was a, some tough task asked of them yeah. at a certain point and then losing one of their starting cornerbacks, which was a nasty... Ooh, I did not need to see that in slow motion, by the way. The dislocated right. elbow. Um, but... Vita Vea, I think we have to point out. And you look at oh. the box score, and he's not all over the box score, but the guy is a monster and just put just just he's just a problem. And uh it was pretty clear that the the Cowboys weren't gonna be able to run up the middle, and he was even getting after the quarterback, pushing offensive linemen into Dak Prescott's lap. Uh I, I gotta shout out Vita Vea because he's one of the stars in this game, even though, you know, for the fantasy football players out there, and you look at the the uh box score and he's not gonna show up Three wide sub package. That's the league right now. Fullbacks are faded. Nose tackles are faded. But Vita Vea is one that is not faded, and uh, he's a dude and an impactful player. Yeah, and like you said, nose tackles are uh, a little bit. Uh, they're dinosaurs to some degree, but boy, he's a big, frightening dinosaur that can just wreck everything and you know run. And he's a T Rex. I mean, I think he's the best nose tackle in the league. I can't come up with a name I'd, I'd prefer. Mm -hmm. And he can push the pocket. I mean, even old school, he could be Haloti Nada, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. Well, that's a good comp. Yeah. He can run and, you know, a huge body type. But, I mean, he also can demand doubles. If you single block him, he just pushes you right back into the pocket. Or you got to hold him, and he's, he's gotten some penalties that way, too. Yeah, so. yeah. Great player. I'm glad you brought him up because we got to – Got to feature those guys a little more that don't show up in the box score and aren't fantasy relevant. Absolutely. I thought it was a nice uh, debut for Micah Parsons, Cowboys first round linebacker. Yeah. 
I also had eyes on Tyron Smith as he returned. I thought he held up pretty well, too. I mean, not an easy task against that defensive front. So a lot of positives for Dallas, but they're kicking themselves. I mean, it's a very, very winnable game. And I think we all knew when Tom got that ball late in the game that Dallas was in huge trouble. And uh, Vita Vea's side and a couple of penalties, I thought the Dallas Cowboys offensive line did a pretty good job there protecting Dak Prescott when you're asking him to drop back and pass 58 times. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, they did a very nice job. All right, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they are 1-0 on their path to repeat as NFL champions. Let's make our picks, Matt, for the afternoon games and the primetime Sunday and Monday night games next. Still plenty of time to get all your bets in for the rest of this week's NFL schedule at betonline.ag. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest. And get a 100% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On. Head over to the website, use your mobile device, your computer, whatever you got to sign up today and receive that 100% welcome bonus. There's news and odds on just about anything you can imagine, from football to basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. A lot of fun games on the NFL schedule in week one, Matt, in the afternoon. Sunday, I think Browns Chiefs is the one that I'm going to be most interested in here. These are two teams with Super Bowl aspirations, and legitimately so. Obviously, we know that because the Kansas City Chiefs have been in the last two Super Bowls, and the Browns, uh, they've been a rough franchise to be a fan of for 20 years, let's be honest. And oh, yeah. uh, and sometimes even Or to longer. work for. Right. But... <laughs> they're they're ready. They're ready for prime time, right? Can they go in Kansas City and knock off the Chiefs? The Chiefs are favored by five and a half points. Uh, the, the the Browns have to be the biggest benefactors of all that's gone on in Baltimore these last couple of days. And I think people are super high on them. They should be. It's a really well-constructed roster. I think Stefanski's for real. I think they're just walking into a buzzsaw here. I mean, it's an awful, awful place to play. The Chiefs might take this one a little personally, you know, hearing things out of Cleveland like, oh, we're going to be, this is the first of two meetings and we're the two teams to beat in the AFC. And mm. I'm not sure Kansas City sees that rivalry the same way as Cleveland. And how about this little, I got two stats for you today. Here's okay. the first one Andy Reid, over the last four years, is 16 and 0 in September. Oof. Not bad. Wow. And Give him some time to prep, like coming <laughs> off a bye, and he's going to carve you up. It's funny because I was going to say, ah, maybe there's an opportunity with a lot of new parts on the offensive line that they start slow potentially, but uh, that sort of a stat and a great, a well-coached team like that, yeah, probably yeah, you can probably throw that out the window. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not cutting on the Brownies. I, I think they're set up to have a really good season. Uh, I think they're now a pretty clear favorite to win the North. I'm just picking the Chiefs against anyone in this situation. With and everyone. I don't think we're so confident that we took the Chiefs in our survivor pool, right? So nope. uh, five and a half points now is the question. Do you take the five and a half points and think the Browns can keep this thing within, say, a field goal? Or do you think it's a you know around a touchdown or more victory for Kansas City at home? 
I'm still taking the Chiefs. Okay. Uh, I, I think this game should be seven, seven and a half. And again, that doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with the Browns. It almost doesn't matter who's walking into Kansas City right now. I think it's a terrible situation for especially a young team with a young coach. Brutal. Um, I, I'm very excited to see Miles Garrett and company against this new offensive line for the Chiefs. But uh, even if they win that battle, I still think Mahomes, you know, does Mahomes things. Um, I just think it's a bad, bad situation for the Brownies. I'm really going to be focusing more on the other quarterback because I think there's there's more there and there should be more there. And he's playing for whatever that future contract could be in Baker Mayfield and the Browns. And what who is Baker Mayfield going to be in his career? We're going to find a lot about find out a lot about that this year. And this is a tough yep. task. Can you go into a hostile environment? And be awesome and beat a team like the Chiefs because that's what the Browns are going to need you to do eventually is to go win some really big football games. And I thought he, I thought I expected more from Mayfield last year, and I think there's still more there. So we'll see who Baker Mayfield is this season. It's a tough start, and I agree with you. Five and a half is probably not quite enough for me in this game. So give me the Chiefs, and I'll give up those points. Yeah. And, and, and hey, I mean, I, I, I'm not being easy on the Browns here. But it is an amazing opportunity. If they walk in there and play these guys, you know, a 12-round fight, and they're still standing in the 12th round, I would take that as a massive win, and they are legit. And I do think they're legit. I just think they won't be legit in week one (laughs) in Kansas City. Yeah, and can the Browns run the ball? And I think that'll be a huge key early in this game. Have to. And then make things easy, the play-action passing game for for Baker Mayfield. And is Odell Beckham going to play? And who is... Odell Beckham because that's that's a huge piece to this if Odell is old Odell or anywhere near it uh, and he's been very limited in practice but I have a feeling he's going to play if that's a big time weapon for that Browns offense and they can run the ball then have some big plays like that that's your that's your key victory right there yeah and and frankly I expect Odell to be a high-end player I mean old Odell is one of the best two or three receivers in the league so I'm not sure if he's gonna be that but I think he will be a massive addition in a positive way for them this year and I don't. I, I hate the narrative of oh, the offense was better without Odell. Like it wouldn't have been if he was there. It just started clicking <laughs> together. You know, right? right. You know, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, Tyron Matthew though out for KC. They've. Uh, I think is it Frank Bang. Clark or Chris Jones? Frank Clark is banged up as well and limited. So I'm not sure if he's in or out yet. The final injury reports aren't out yet, obviously, on Friday. So, you know, maybe there is some advantages injury-wise for the Browns that we should factor in a little bit more here. Maybe that's why the line's five and a half and not seven. I I mean, there's no doubt that outside of Jones, I think the Honey Badger is their most important defensive player, and Clark is probably third or fourth on that list. So I think the, the Browns will move the football, but... Uh, I, I don't like the environment. If this was in Cleveland, I'd have a much different situation. I just think going into there is going to be really tough. I mean, going to Buffalo this year, this week's going to be really tough. I mean, a couple of these big time teams with awesome fan bases that weren't there last year, I think are going to be blowing the doors off the place. Just double checking the latest on Frank Clark, and it looks like uh, he is going to be on a snap count, limited in practice, but he'll probably okay. play. He's been a little disappointing. He's making he too been. much money for what he produces. Side note. I agree. And then some off-field stuff that probably makes the Chiefs a little right, less comfortable. Right. Lamborghinis with Uzis and stuff. <laughs> <Not great. laughs> Lamborghini uh, SUVs, from what I recall. Actually. Forgot about that gem of a story. This, Yeah, usually you hide the Uzis in the SUV. He went with the, the Lambo. I think his Lambo was an SUV. 
Oh, it's a Lamborghini SUV. Oh, well, okay. Well, that makes perfect so. sense. Best of both worlds. <laughs> I want to see what the a Lambo <laughs> SUV even looks like. All right, let's move on to the Miami Dolphins at. They're probably the, cheap. I mean, I'm sure we could pick one up. Oh yeah, uh, right. You pull up to the tomorrow. Pull up to the facility next time you do a show with the uh, right, right with the, the Lambo station. SUV. Yeah, leave style. the Uzi at home though, Matt. Please. I could pick the pick, pick my daughter up from volleyball today. And... <laughs> hey, honey. <laughs> Oh, geez. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are at the New England Patriots, a week one division matchup. Love this one. I love this one. New England at home, favored by three. Tua played extremely well in the preseason, and I have a lot of faith that he's going to be a good quarterback, and this is a good situation. Same is true for Mac Jones. I don't know what the over-under is. I'm taking the under. I just think that Belichick coach defense with all offseason to watch Miami versus a Belichick disciple coached defense with all offseason to watch New England, I, I think there are going to be a lot of turnovers, a lot of sacks, blitz packages that few have ever seen before, advanced level defensive coaching in New England. And this is like a 13-10 type of game and just down to the wire. I'm taking New England because they're home and Bill Belichick is still Bill Belichick. I'm with you, and it's one of the lowest over-unders on the slate, 43.5 points, but uh, it, could be, it could be a battle of field goals here, which is why in week one I picked up Jason Sanders in a lot of my yeah, leagues, crappy. the Miami Dolphins kicker. So I like that one, uh, and I just think that's the way this team is going to roll this year, and um, I can't wait. I can't wait to see the Tua-led Miami Dolphins. It's, it's his show, and to see – the revenge of Bill Belichick from last season with a fully capable and healthy roster and their own rookie quarterback in Mac Jones with teams scheming against him and not the vanilla, you know, things I think were maybe a little easier for Mac Jones in the preseason than they are going to be here starting in week one with Brian Flores and that Miami Dolphins defense. So Exactly. Fun. I think it's a rough, you know, it's not quite the same as going to Kansas City for Cleveland, but young Miami team with a lot of new pieces going to New England. I, I just think it's going to be a grind. Maybe whoever has the ball last, whoever gets that extra bounce or turnover, special teams. New England, they always, I always give New England a special teams advantage. I, I, I think it's going to be a fun game, but when in doubt, don't start your fantasy players for this one. Grind it out, low scoring. Does that, means you're, does that mean you're taking the points? The, are you taking the three points with the Dolphins on the road, or are you going to give up those three points with the Patriots at home? I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that, but I think it's the <laughs> perfect number. I think it's a field goal game. I just said I think it's like a 13-10 game, and I guess I'll lay the points. But, man, if that was two and a half or three and a half, it would be a lot easier. I'll take Miami. I'll take Miami because they've got the veteran by one year quarterback who started over Mac Jones, by the way. Bama guy, yeah. In college. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go Dolphins and take those points because you're right. It could be a, a, a field goal game in the end no matter which way it goes. Mm -hmm. No, I hear you. When we come back, we've got Packers, Saints, Broncos, Giants, and then some primetime Bears-Rams and Monday Night Football Ravens-Raiders. We'll make our preview and picks next. Starting to realize that there's no bad time to enjoy a built bar. It's how I started my day today. Did not have a lot of time before I had to hit record and get working. If you are low on time, you want a healthy snack. You need to replace a quick meal maybe. You can't do much better than a low-sugar, low-calorie, high-protein, high, -protein, high fiber snack that tastes awesome. 
And to make it even tastier, I'll tell you how you can get 15% off your next box of Built Bars. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious folks out there. Uh, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and even great for a keto diet. That peanut butter flavor, 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories and 5 grams of sugar. Cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. Packers, Saints, the Jameis Winston-led Saints, they've had probably the roughest personnel offseason compared to, you know, a team like the Ravens who's had a really bad run recently as well. It happened slower with the Saints, but the Packers 13-3 two straight years New Orleans is a is would generally be a tough place to play but have been displaced now with the hurricane that came through and we've seen what's gone on with the roster there surprised that they let go of their backup running back there uh do the Saints have enough here in week one to knock off those Green Bay Packers what was the number on this one I don't have this one is Green Bay favored by three and a half yeah I think I'll take the points but Green Bay to win also a little lower scoring than I think people are, are betting on. Um, I think the Saints D is pretty darn good, to be honest. And I wish David Bakhtiari were playing. I, I think that protecting the Rodgers could be difficult for the, the Packers O-line. And as awesome as Devontae Adams is, and he's great, um, Lattimore seems to really thrive whenever he is a heavyweight battle against Mike Evans or, you know, a, a star. And I think that, you know, you'll get the best version of Marshawn Lattimore. And I think the Packers' D is pretty good, too. And I think this is another low-scoring one. That's why I'm taking the points in this one. I wish it was in the Dome, though. I mean, it's a so much easier place for Green Bay to play right now right. than it should be. And I, feel like, I feel like this line is more based on if the Saints were actually at home. Kind of does feel Instead of in Jacksonville, way. Florida. Yeah. It might be rainy, too, by the way, in Jacksonville. So um, I'll, I'll give up those points and take the Packers in this one. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's a good line. I don't feel strong about the line, but I do think it'll be a pretty close game. I'm not counting out the Saints, by the way, at all. I think they still have a ton of talent and obviously are a well-coached team, and I'm very focused on Jameis Winston this weekend. There's a lot of really intriguing quarterbacks to watch in, in week one and see how they fare with some of the rookies and Winston getting his second chance now to be the guy with uh, with the Saints, and I think that'll turn out better than it did with the Bucks. And mentioned Baker Mayfield is a big year for him earlier, so um, a lot of fun ones here. And actually, here's another good one is Teddy B and those Denver Broncos. They're in New York to face the Giants uh Denver on the road favored by three points another low scoring game I I respect the Giants defense I think Denver's defense is I I own them in like every fantasy league because you can get them cheap I I think they're a great great defense extremely well coached I think they'll dominate the Giants offensive line but the Giants have some dudes I mean they Saquon and Colladay I mean they got some weapons I'm not sure who I even give the quarterback advantage to. I'm not sure it really even matters. But the supporting cast around the quarterbacks I don't think is even close. It's in Denver's favor. Coaching edge goes to Denver for me, especially when New York has the ball. Garrett versus Fangio. That sure screams Fangio to me. I understand it's on the road, but I will lay the points in a low-scoring game. 
Generally, when betting on sports, the home dog is a really good one, but it's hard for me with yeah. this game and, and a lot of them on this schedule. So I'm with you. I'm going to give up the three points and go with the Broncos. I think they're better across the board. I'm not high on the New York Giants. They have an opportunity to prove me wrong. There's more weapons on offense that could be fun there. And um, I just I, I just don't believe yet. So we'll see. We'll see if yeah, I get yeah, that yeah. one wrong. And by the way, I, I saw a stat, which I, I kind of knew, but I didn't know exactly what the date was. you got to go back to week four, 2019, the last time that Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb lined up on the field together. Vaughn's getting two or three sacks in this one. Woo. Super quick, Super quick question. Yes or no? Daniel Jones, one year from now, will be starting for a team in week one. Yes. I'm going to say no. Because I think he'll... Get recycled, maybe? I think he'll be this, the he'll be holding Steelers on to dear life with a rookie Atlanta. behind him. But he'll get that okay. veteran okay. week one start. Okay. Unless That's he gets possible. It, and if he gets sent somewhere else, it's a backup. But it would be only for the Giants. He starts week one. Okay, okay. So we're not far off on that. But, but I think I'm it could be like not. new GM, like that. I, that's the way I could see this really going for the Giants here. You know, new regime, new GM, new coach, new quarterback. So maybe they just decide, you know, let's move on from Daniel Jones. They trade him somewhere, or um, he ends up on another roster as a backup. So you know, that's not a great bet for me, but it. it it's hard for me to say, okay, who's going to be the Giants quarterback then? Is it going to be just a veteran come in and they cut ties with, with Daniel Jones? Is a, It's hard for me to say that. They have two first-round picks. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. They, they can get a rookie, but it, it's hard. Justin also, Fields isn't starting. Right, right. It's, yeah, and it's hard to project them getting a first or second pick in the draft, too. And uh, you right, can't expect right. this to be one of those drafts with five quarterbacks again that are that are worthy of you know top 10, top 15 selections. I didn't plan on going down this road. Yeah, we're getting but ahead of I ourselves. Also, <laughs> we, we also, one hasn't even started yet, and we're talking about the New York Giants draft in 2022. Love it. And I just picked Denver, but I don't think Teddy's a starter one year from now either. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it might be a good – there might be plenty of opportunities for some veteran quarterbacks, Pittsburgh being another one this offseason. Right, right, right. Watson's As many good somewhere. young quarterbacks have entered the league recently, seems like everyone's kind of okay with their quarterback situation. There's still plenty of landing spots for, at minimum, a start a stopgap that could start week one. You know, the more I think about right. it, maybe, oh, yeah. maybe I'm going to say no, Daniel Jones doesn't start week one next year. Okay. I'm going to say no that neither one of these quarterbacks start one year from now when we talk about them. Teddy's probably more likely. As this, as he's like a perfect stopgap, right? Because mm-hmm. even if the Broncos draft somebody, Teddy's not a bad guy to have around. And he's a cockroach. He starts for every team. He, <laughs> I mean, you can't kill him. I mean, he's, he'll go to another team next year and be the Texans starter or something, you know? This is probably one of the top four, I would say, top three survivor pick games I'm seeing out there. A lot of folks oh, are really it? high on the Rams. Uh, going to the next game here, not the, not the, not the yeah, Broncos yeah, yeah. Giants, but the Rams Bears in primetime Sunday night football. Uh, L.A. is favored at home by seven and a half points over the Chicago Bears, a team that was in the playoffs last year. This was not my survivor pick, but it would have been my runner-up. And I guess it doesn't shock me that it's one of the most picked ones because I think the Rams are going to destroy them. I, I really, I think Donald's going to have three sacks. I think they're going to be begging. I mean, Bears fans will be begging for fields by the halftime. I don't know <laughs> if we'll see them or not. I, I think uh, Cup and Woods and Stafford, tear these corners apart i'm down on the bears i mean i guess any bears fan that listens to us have noticed that over the last couple of weeks but 
walking into that building on a Sunday night, ugh, problem. That's that, that's a tough one for me because I like the Bears this year, but I'm definitely not picking them over the Rams. Seven and a half points is it's a lot of points. But Rams at home, Bears on the road. You're right. I think Bears fans are going to be clamoring for Justin Fields. They already are, so it's not like it's going to take much. Um, And I think Justin Fields has a better opportunity to flourish behind a bad offensive line because of his athleticism, you know, in a a Russell Wilson type of Dak Prescott type of a way. Dak Prescott hasn't had that bad of offensive lines or anything, but just because of the athletic quarterback that's sturdy, that can handle some contact that can get out make plays with his legs I think that works better so the, the sooner Great. the Bears go to Justin Fields the better for the team and let him make some mistakes on the field right rather than the practice fields the way I look at it but I do think Dalton has a chance to be better than Trubisky was so I'm not going to bury the Bears yet I'm just looking at how this game's going to play out and the Rams on offense in that passing game can the Bears get to the quarterback and affect Stafford because I'm a little bit worried about uh yeah the, the cover guys in the back end for the Bears especially the corners yeah and Bears fans, I, I have been really hard on your team, but the silver lining could be if I'm right about this game, that could fast forward Fields being the starter in week two. You know, right? That could that just could accelerate the yeah. clock a little bit in exactly. prime time with everybody watching too. Yeah, I think Stafford lights these guys up though. So you're going to give up those seven and a half points? Oh yeah, I think the line should be ten and a half. You know what? I am not going to give up the points. I'm going to take the points and the Chicago Bears keeping it within a touchdown, even if they don't win this football game. Um, I'm on the Bears bandwagon. I'm not going to jump off yet. And as we know, Matthew Stafford uh, is not a playoff quarterback. So, sorry, Rams. I'm not joining you on the Bears bandwagon (laughs) anytime soon. Uh, A little (laughs) tongue-in-cheek there on my part. Okay, let's go to Monday Night Football, the Ravens at Raiders. This was going to be my dark horse survivor pick, but I just don't like the mojo going on. In Baltimore right now, they're favored by four on the road against the Raiders. I still don't like the Raiders at all, and I still like the Ravens to beat the Raiders, but there's just too much that's piled up, and probably even more, like, you know how I feel about running backs. Tyson Williams is on my fantasy team now. He's going to start for me, by the way, in the Peacock and Williamson Fantasy League, so uh, I just went crazy drafting backup-type running backs, and it turns out I already got a starter now going into week one, which is the weak spot on that roster, so look out, guys. Uh, And I think he's, you know, he'll he'll be fine, but I'm more worried about, you know, Marcus Peters and some other players on defense in that game. And the Raiders, and actually have, let me tie in, one of our listeners asked a question here, and it's a good point. Uh, it's Trent on Twitter. He said, I hear you when we were picking the over-unders about the Raiders' schedule, but this team has outperformed its talent, and I think the talent has increased this year. Carr's fourth-quarter comeback record has tended to overcome the negative point differential his whole career. So my question to you, Matt, with these Raiders is, are we underestimating how good the team is just because of how the roster looks on paper at times? And is the Raiders, in a way, sort of like how the... The Seattle Seahawks have overcome some holes on their roster recently or, you know, to a lesser degree, you know, the Bill Belichick and Tom Brady marriage for so long. You just get to there's a quarterback coach Gruden Carr combination there that they're going to outperform and they're just going to they're going to stick around. They're not going to be a great team, but they're not going to be as bad as maybe I think they look like they should be on paper. Hmm. Uh, I feel pretty strongly about this. We are underestimating Carr. Um, my favorite over under bet of the year out of the 32 teams was under on Vegas win total. I'm very down on this team. Um, I wanted to respond quickly to what happened yesterday at Ravens practice. 
the only time I can remember, and I've been doing this like 20 years, that a coach stopped practice and sent everyone to the locker room was when Teddy Bridgewater just destroyed his knee. And it, I guess it was an unbelievably graphic, nasty injury. Mm-hmm. Well, yesterday, in back-to-back plays, they lose Gus Edwards and Peters to blown-out knees. It's and crazy. Harbaugh sends everybody in. I mean, practice is done. I can't do it anymore. So, real quick, bad, bad mojo amongst the Ravens. And this these injuries are brutal because I think there's a couple things that are super important about this team. First of all, the defense is based on corners and blitz and Peter's taking the ball away and leaving him alone and Humphrey, that's going to be a lot harder to pull off. And and to me, that's the biggest injury yet. But there was two things they were really trying to accomplish around Lamar this offseason where we're going to stress throwing the ball to the running backs a little bit more, especially Dobbins, easy throws for Lamar, and we need guys to win outside the numbered first-man coverage. And that was Bateman's job, who gets overlooked that he's hurt too, you know, first-round pick. So now they're on Lev Bell and Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman. They're all Ravens right now, which is funny to me. And I don't think any of them have a drop left in the tank. Tyson Williams, they picked up Trenton Cannon, who's got a ton of speed, but bounced around the league, an undrafted free agent a few years ago. Um, They signed Lev Bell to the practice squad. Uh the running game I'm still not super, super worried about, but it's not yeah. ideal there. And the offensive line, Ronnie Stanley, Ben Cleveland, the rookie in there. Uh, you got Zeitler, veterans on the right side, Villanueva. You still have the ultimate chess piece in the NFL in Lamar Jackson. You still have Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins outside until their rookie gets healthy and back in Rashad Bateman, who I like a lot. The question is, you're right, it's defense. And Marlon Humphrey's still there. They traded. They they were so stacked at at, uh, at corner. They corner, traded right, their yeah. rookie corner Sean Wade earlier this offseason. Uh, Peter's out now. You still got Jimmy Smith, who's been around the league forever. Tavon so Young, good there, but that was the strength of the team. Right, right, right. I also think Lamar's going to be instead of taking a little bit off his plate. I think you put another. 32 ounce steak on his plate. You know what I mean? Right. Big big potato. And he's going to get hit more. And yeah, he's Superman, but you wanted to do the opposite. So my prediction for this game, (laughs) everyone's okay. I told you I have one more stat in my back pocket and I tweeted this the other day and it came, came from Shieldcopedia from the, the athletic and everyone's aware. I think of Harbaugh's unbelievable preseason winning streak and they, they, he wins every preseason game. Well, over the past four seasons, the Ravens have outscored their opponents 164 to 19 in those four week one games. They've allowed 10 (laughs) points or fewer in each of those four games and have won by an average of 36.3 points in the last four week ones. I'm taking the Ravens. I'm laying the points. I trust Harbaugh. It's as much of a vote against the Raiders as it is a vote for the Ravens. But I think there's something to Harbaugh winning preseason games and carrying it into week one. So that is a a John Harbaugh over John Gruden bet for you. Yeah. And just, yeah. I mean, I, I also think that it, could you know rally the troops a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah i was thinking that like it's us against the world now Uh, and can you you don't want the players to have it in the back of their mind oh no am i the next one that's going to get hurt 
right? That that's sure. the only thing I'd be worried about, and I think that's maybe why you cancel practice. But uh, us against the world sort of mentality, you could use that to your advantage. Can they get after the quarterback, Justin Houston? There, they did lose um, an edge presence in Matt Judon, but they still got Kalias Campbell and Brandon Williams, and very good veterans there. And I think they'll be okay on defense. I think they'll yeah. get yeah. through this. And thank you for talking me through it. They're not my survivor pick, but I'm still sticking with the the Baltimore Ravens to beat the Raiders and I'll give up those four points. And actually that line, if you wait until Sunday morning, that line might sneak back toward three. If you really do want to bet on the Ravens, just because of what's going Probably on. Probably true. With the news, I mean, everyone's got to be down on the Ravens. Right. And, and I think it hurts their chances to win the division, go to the playoffs, win the Super Bowl. Right. I still think they beat the Ravens, the Raiders. So you mentioned Survivor. I still have mine out there. Okay. So my Survivor was going to be the Ravens. I switched to the Buccaneers last minute. I passed that test, and I can't use the Bucks the rest of the season. Matt, who is your Survivor pick for week one? I am betting on, I think they're my 29th ranked team in my power ranks. <laughs> The Jacksonville Jags over Houston. And my logic is, boy, if all you guys are taking Tampa and the Rams and the Bills and all these good teams, and I still have them in my back pocket to play going forward, I'm going to be really happy. But it's scary. I mean, you brought this up a couple times in the last couple of weeks. You know, the Jags last year won in week one and then lost 15 in a row. You know, I mean – Preparing for Houston right now probably isn't easy, even though they don't have talent. You have no idea what you're going to get. They're only favored by, I think, three. But I think Houston's horrendous. They're favored by three. You're right. But that's if there was one game on the Texans schedule that I'd be like, this is the one game I don't want to bet against the Texans. (laughs) It's this week one game just because of we've seen how silly things can get in week one. The teams haven't settled in. It's rookie coach and quarterback on the other side too. At least the Texans have a a veteran and they're at home. Um, I don't expect the Texans to win, but I I would pick a lot of uh, survivor games against the Texans later in the season. This is, this is a ballsy one by you Williamson, but uh, the contrarian pick is I think a smart way to do it. If you want to go really far, keep the good teams for later and allow someone who picks, you know, half, if, if the 49ers lose to the lions, half of the survivor pool will be done right there. Right. Um, if you know, or if the Rams lose to the bears and, and those aren't impossible either. So you'd be way ahead if one of those big things happen. And so that's the idea early in the season to go a little contrarian with your pick. So I like it ballsy Williamson, but I think I have the best chance of getting eliminated in week one out of any of those. Yep. But if you make it through week one, you're in the lead for the best chance to continue on for the longest. That's my that's my move. That's Ball. the payoff. I love it. Okay, good stuff. You guys have an advantage. You know who Matt and I are picking in our survivor pool. You know a lot about our fantasy football teams in that league too. But you know what, Matt? It doesn't matter. I think we're going to win both. Question is, who right. comes in second? Right. Yeah, I think that's a battle. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's a race for probably third in the fantasy league. You know, we'll yeah. see. All right, good stuff. Thanks everybody for <laughs> listening. Have fun. With week one football, we'll be back Monday to break it all down. Right here, Peacock and Williamson.